Ba ba black sheep, have you any wool? Yes, sir, yes, sir, three bags full. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Duck Star Away for Lunch Break. Why did you do that? Okay. Hello and welcome to the Dex Narrow Waiver Lunch Break. What are we called anyway? <laughs> welcome to our podcast where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to Sally Forrest. He's the brother, unfortunately. Edwin. But I see here that our notes say Edwin, so apparently I'm full of hot air. And she's the sister. And today we're talking about fiber. More precisely, <laughs> fiber arts, <laughs> not brand fiber. Like sh shredded <laughs> weeds or oat bran or... No, we're taking a dive into the wonderful and alluring art of... <laughs> <laughs> Today we have Megan, who we're going to interview. She's our in-house expert, mostly because no others were willing to show up. And we're going to try to delve into what is fiber, how is it used in an artistic manner, what what are you doing basically in, in your, your uh, den there, Megan, with the balls of yarn just overflowing everywhere. They are taking over my life. It's uh, pretty scary. It, her, her closet is, is a cat's dream. So we're going to just go off on a couple questions and then we'll see where the tangents take us. So what I'd like to get started with is the very beginning. Like how did you get into crafting with yarn? Watching movies, watching westerns where the old lady's sitting on the, on the porch and she's knitting. I don't know why I always found that so appealing. I wanted to do that. It just seemed magical. And visiting a lot of historic sites where they would be uh, weaving or they would be crocheting or they would be knitting. And I, I just always took such an interest in that. And then around the age of nine, I had the opportunity that there is this woman in our church who was between jobs and she knew crocheting very, very well. She's an expert, and she said, hey, if you want to learn, I'll teach you. And so after that, I was I was hooked, <laughs> pun very much intended, and I've been going ever since, and I it's just been a great outlet for me. I, it really uh, calms my anxiety. I put all my anxiety into crocheting, and I think that's why I've stuck with it. Cool. So there's, you said it's magical. What, what do you find magical about crocheting? I like that you can transform a string into a massive blanket or garment. And it's just something that you, like very, very small movements is nothing that dramatic, but just slowly these, these fibers are interwoven and can be clothing or like I said, a blanket can be anything. Yeah, that is incredible. And it, it's different than, say, like a bolt of fabric where you can kind of see how that's going to turn into a vest or whatever. So what is 
the difference between knitting and crochet, or is it really basically the same thing? Them's fighting words. <laughs> they are not the same. And I try very hard not to let it bug me when people um, say, oh, so you're knitting. And it's like, no, it's very obvious that I'm not. But for people who don't know, I, I guess it can, it can look similar. The simplest way is knitting has two, what they call needles, two sticks. Crochet has one stick, and we call that a hook. The textural difference is that knitting is much more akin to weaving. That the, the way that the loops are passed in and out is like a warp and a weft. Whereas crochet is a series of knots. They're all individual tiny knots. And that is why there is no crochet machine. There are mm. knitting machines because they have weaving machines and they're, they're very similar. So you can have a, a machine-made knit sweater. You cannot have anything that's crocheted done by machine. So if you ever see anything in a store that says it was crocheted, it was even if it doesn't say on the label, it was made by hand. Just because it's impossible to do otherwise. Correct. So does that make uh, pricing uh, crocheted goods difficult? Just pricing any handmade thing is difficult, but yeah, it, it is difficult because... You, you can't, yeah, you can't have any cheats with a machine, even though, like, kudos to people who have knitting machines. They're not, I'm not saying it's easy to use them, but they do speed up so you're, you have less hours in it. Where crocheting can take a ton of hours, and so figuring out how, how to price your skill is difficult, and it, it depends very much on what you're making, whether how, you know, how simple something is. But also it's, it's difficult because crochet does take more yarn. So crocheted things are going to be more expensive because cause knitting is a little bit more economical that way. So you're saying it, um, it, it's hard to price your skill. So how how much can the skill in crocheting vary? Like is, is can you go from, is it like right away really hard to get into? Is it like a really big jump to start? and then improve or is it like very linear and it's like beginning is very simple and then it just gets more and more complex it can get as complex as you want to make it yeah i would i was i would say that it's it's not that hard to get into like anything that you're doing with your hands there is that certain time that you need to spend to get the muscle memory just get those tracks in so that it flows a little bit more naturally but starting out i think anyone can can make a granny square in an hour lesson. Um, but it's what, what gets difficult is remembering your stitches, being able to use them, designing your own things, reading patterns is complicated, troubleshooting patterns. You're going to have to know those things. So that's it does quickly get more difficult, but it is something like it's as difficult as you want to make it. So, so what are these patterns that you talk about? Are these like punch cards that you fit into a slot in the back of your head and then tells you how to do it? Like what, what are these things? Yeah, they're not like sewing patterns where you just cut out what they, what they give you or measure it out. You have a, a code, essentially, a code card. And it's all abbreviated and you plug in, you do 
the stitches in the order that they tell you to. And voila, you can build something. So is it difficult to get, to be able to crack that code? I don't, I, that's hard for me to answer because I haven't really taught anyone to read patterns. And when I learned, I was pretty young. So it was more like also just a reading comprehension struggle. Because like I said, I was, I was doing it when I was nine. So there's a couple things that like sometimes I got hung up where I don't think I would have. I, I think it's, it's usually pretty simple. And a lot of times if you're stuck, just say it out loud and do it literally. Because sometimes you want to like flip the work and you want to go backwards and throw in all these different moves. And when the, the simplest answer is usually the right answer. So I don't, I don't think it's impossible, but there's definitely, like, you're going to see levels. are going to be easy, medium, intermediate, blah, blah, blah. So those usually are pretty accurate. <laughs> okay. So then what is the hardest thing you've made? The hardest thing I've made, I, I it, it would be the mushroom cardigan that I made. And it was difficult because it was pretty it's pretty near the first of my garments that I've ever made and it was it, it is my completely my own pattern and so that was difficult to work with body measurements and then try to figure out the geometry of of the shapes and so to get that all to line up and be in the shape that I wanted it to be so that was that was very difficult another dip, difficult one I did was uh, a tapestry where I have this diagonal in it and it didn't want to be diagonal. So I, I fought that. I won. It is diagonal, but it didn't want to be, but I, I finally got it. Amazing. So when it comes to crocheting, there's probably like questions of patterns and like getting a hook and so on. But I think the most new thing to people who get started with crocheting or any or knitting is the fibers themselves do i get wool is it a wool synthetic blend purely synthetic where how do you start to get into the actual understanding the actual fibers and what are your t some of your takeaways from that i would i would say experiment i know that's kind of a cop-out i'm like you learn it on your own that's not very helpful is it mm -mm. but uh it's it's a very tactile art so there comes a certain point where you're going to have to experiment with what you like. I would say if you're starting out, probably start with acrylic, even though it's not my favorite, just because um, acrylic is cheaper so that you're not feeling like, oh, I'm ruining this expensive, you know, handcrafted yarn. And also most acrylics, um, if you're getting the super soft ones, not so much. But most acrylics don't split as much, um, so that can be a little bit easier to take get a handle on. But yeah, there's such a diversity. There's you know cotton, hemp, linen, so the whole plant fibers. There's wool and animal fibers. I mean, my my favorite is either cotton or wool or alpaca. I find that you get such a nice stitch definition. And I mean by that is that you can see each twist of the stitch. 
and like I said, crochet is a series of knots. And I think it's really beautiful the way that the texture of the knot pops. If you're going to work to make it crocheted, have it look crocheted. In, in what fiber does it pop? In, in wool and especially cotton. Okay. The, the acrylic can be very fuzzy. Mm. So the more staticky, fuzzy, wispy your yarn is, the less ditch definition you're going to have. So what's the worsted weight? I've seen that for, for yarn, and they could, a lot of them are the worst. <laughs> they really are the worst. That's kind of your, your middle of the road. Um, that's, yeah, that can be like a four or five. Um, you have all your weights, and that's, your weight is very dependent on your pattern. If you're just starting out, follow what the pattern says. The thicker, the bulkier your yarn is, is that it's going to be more dense. And it's not going to drape as well. So if you're trying to make a flowy shirt and you're using a bulky yarn, it's not going to be very flowy. So, and then it depends on like what stitches you use with that. So yeah, it's kind of what you want to have, but do, do read that label. That's important information. So you had mentioned alpaca yarn. So, so what is that and why do you like that? I like it because I just imagine a bunch of alpacas frolicking on the hill and that makes me incredibly happy to think about. Uh, alpaca is um, very much, it's, it's all done the same way like um, wool, like from, from a sheep, right? You let them go out in the field, you give them good food, keep them healthy, and then in the spring you shear them and you will spin that into yarn. What's really nice about alpaca is that it doesn't have lanolin in it, which is a oil that sheep have. And a lot of some, like if you have a allergy to, to wool, you're not going to have an allergy to alpaca mm -hmm. because it doesn't have that lanolin. So it's that because it doesn't have that oil weighing it down, it's very, very light and fluffy and very soft, but it's very, very warm at the same time. So, yeah, it's just a beautiful fiber to work with. You can have baby alpaca, which is going to be softer, but it's all pretty soft. And it, it's very, yeah, it, it keeps out the weather. It's very warm, nice drape. The nice thing with animal yarns is that they have self-cleaning properties so you're not going to have to throw it in the wash as much because it is that's breathing it's self-cleaning so if you have a sweater or a blanket or whatever you can just leave it outside air it out and you'll be good to go and you can just spot clean it so can the natural wool alpaca etc fibers be in different colors Absolutely. You can use synthetic dyes or you can use natural dyes. They, they take it very well. Actually, um, the, the animal fibers take it better than the plant does. Okay. And what is the best color? Anything but black. Black is the worst. <laughs> but I, I, that's totally... I, I'm digging the, the yellows and the burnt oranges right now. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun, but I've worked a lot in purple, so apparently I like purple. Why is yarn so expensive? Ooh, like all, all yarn is pretty expensive. I, it's probably because it's a, 
it's not a necessity. It's it's a craft that it would be cheaper, right, if you were the clothing factory and you're buying your materials to make your sweaters or whatever. So what when it, by the time it gets to you in the craft store, it is going to be expensive. In terms of the more like handcrafted ones, you're you're getting something made by hands. Like by the time it goes from sheep in the pasture to you, it's crossed many many hands and many many hours. So if you're yeah if you're trying to do a cheap acrylic, also plants like cotton can be quite cheap as well. And cotton is really nice to work with. But, yeah, it's just, it just takes time to make that material. Where do you draw inspiration from in your projects and what, what keeps you going? Why don't you just get frustrated and quit when something doesn't work? Oh, I do. I have a graveyard in my closet that I throw things in. Actually, I usually hate a project when I'm just done with it. And so I stick it in my closet for about a month and then I'll look at it again and see if it was really that horrible or not. Uh, for inspiration, I try not to actually look at crocheted projects from other people. But I will look at weavings or other fashion and draw inspiration from that. Because I find if I'm, I'm looking at someone, like someone's crocheted object, I'm pretty good at picking out exactly how they did it from a picture. So instead of me coming up with what I actually want, I just end up doing what they did because that's all I can think of now. So I, I try, unless I'm really stuck on a certain shape, like let's say I want a raglan cut sweater, then I'll follow that pattern and then I'll take what, I, what I've learned from that and apply it to other things. But inspirations all around, uh, like I said, I, I named a cardigan after mushrooms because I saw this picture of purple mushrooms that were all crazy colors and coming together. And then a friend was cleaning out her yarn stash and she gave it to me. And guess what? A bunch of them were purple. So I put those two things together and made a sweater. So it's, yes, yeah, whatever you're looking for. I look for textures mostly, though. What's your next big crocheting project? Oh, I'm really excited about this one. It is a ankle-length hooded cloaky jacket coat thingy. That is, is going to be epic because it's going to be inspired by Americana and nature. So there's going to be a lot of classic quilted squares on it. So it's going to be all these different squares coming together. It's going to have a big dramatic hood on it. It's going to be asymmetrical. It's going to be long. It's, I, I'm very excited about this. Is it going to have sleeves? Oh yeah. It's going to have sleeves. It's going to have pockets. It's, yeah, it's going to have a lining, hopefully, if I can figure that part out. And yeah, it's going to be big. Speaking of lining, are there materials that work well with yarn and with the crocheted endeavor? Yeah, I've seen a lot of beautiful tops, um, linen or cotton or any material really where they will poke holes in it and then you're able to insert the hooks there and do a crocheted border or you could do crocheted sleeves and then the rest is a cotton top. 
So that looks really beautiful, having this smooth fabric. I think that contrast of a knot and kind of bumpy and maybe a little lacy looking, and then you have the very smooth, sleek top. I love it with leather. I've done leather buttons a couple times now, and again, it's that smooth with the, with the texture. How, how do you make leather buttons? Ooh, um, well, I don't make it too complicated, actually. I, I take a, a pretty heavy-ish weight of leather that I haven't stuck in the basement. I forget now exactly what it is. And I cut, I, I measure my buttonhole. I have an inch buttonhole. Okay, then I cut about an inch. And then you can make it any shape you like. I kind of like going for this rustic, kind of like a organic rock formation kind of look and then you just color it punch a couple holes in it and that's been holding up pretty well but I do know there's ways of hardening leather that might make it last even longer or I'll be able to get curves in it so I, I want to experiment with that are you going to finally make me those ear cozies ear cozies hmm like ear cozies that look like ears or ear absolutely yes elf ears Elf ears. I can make you elf ears. Sure. Do you want them like on a headband type deal that like goes around or just like individual ones that tighten and latch on your ear? I was thinking we could just run a string through my ears and connect them that way. Kind of like the old fashioned mittens where the string connects them. I think that's the best idea yet. Mm -hmm. So you're probably going to be seeing that in the, in the shop pretty soon. Ear cozies that look like ears with strings that run through your brain. Mm-hmm. If you have one. I love it. It... So there, there was one question you had for me, right? Yes, because at the same time I started learning, Edwin also started learning crocheting. I was better off the bat, but I was also three years older. He was. He was very ambitious, too, which I applaud. So I would like to know, will you make something to completion using crochet? Because that's the thing. I've never actually finished a crocheted project. Never. So will you finish something, and what will be the project that you would finish? Hmm. Well, I've been working outside recently, and my ears have been getting kind of cold. <laughs> Ear cozies. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe just like a beanie. Oh, yeah. That's pretty easy. We oh, can... Okay. Okay. So are you challenging me to make a beanie? I am challenging you. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you're going to do it. It's easy, but can you actually do it? Okay, so what's the, what's the extra reward besides having a beanie for, for doing this? Because I'll document it. I'll, I'll put it up on the Insta. Should we give you more yarn? Or is no. that more of a punishment? No, 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 no. I would I, like I, more yarn. I want an actual reward. But then, then I have to do like a punishment if I don't complete it in two weeks or something. I don't know what the time span would be. A month? I think you have a month from when this podcast goes live. Okay. So the challenge is that you will make a beanie a month from when this podcast goes live. If you fail to do so, you have to clean out your truck. Oh, no. If you win, though, I will have to clean out your filthy, disgusting decrepit <laughs> truck sounds good i like this plan are we on yeah all right month easy peasy so you will be seeing that follow us on instagram or facebook to make sure you see if edwin actually completes his task 
and he will talk about his trials along the way. Oh yeah, this is gonna be fun because I haven't crocheted in years. I think I think the last time I crocheted was maybe eight years. No, shoot, we're talking like ten years now. Okay. Easily ten years. Okay. I, I this don't... is gonna be harder than I thought. I don't think you're gonna remember anything. <laughs> I remember double crochet. You did the loop-de-loop -loop and you pull it through, loop-de-loop -loop and you pull it through. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, everybody can do that, just loop-de-loop. -loop. Yeah, it's simple. <laughs> so we'll end with one more question, and this question is for you, Edwin. Okay. And that is, what is your favorite thing that I have made using yarn? Mm, so you made a crocheted tapestry, which is like a fancy... Um, what wall hanging um what, what macrame macrame is the word i was thinking of it's like a fancy macrame i think it looks so cool and it is so out of the box compared to what's out there i i think that's my favorite right thank you so much mm -hmm. well if you enjoyed this please share with your friends like us um just validate our existence we would appreciate that very much if you want to see more of us, then you can head over to Etsy and check out our shop, or you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll talk to you guys there and show you pretty pictures of what we're doing. All you have to type in is ducks never waver. There you go. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be with you next week. Stay quacky, friends. <laughs>